Hello, you're listening to Ignite from Glasgow Science Centre. My name is Patrick, your host for this series. In this podcast, we explore different scientific themes, try to break them down a little bit, and learn more about the actual people behind science and what it takes to become a scientist. Today's guest is Emmanuel Zouza, a final year PhD student and climate science researcher from the Open University. If you enjoy Ignite, please tell your friends and you can get in touch with any questions you might have on Twitter at GSC1. Emmanuel, it is so great to have you with us. We've actually worked together before on climate conversations and we actually met each other at COP26. But in this podcast, this is sort of less about your work and more about you, the person. So I think the first question for you, Emmanuel, is can you sum up your work in three words? So sustainable, food security and diversity. Sustainable, food security and diversity yes. nice one i'll let you off with food security you can you can have that as with a hyphen in the <laughs> <as> one word. <laughs> so emmanuel how would you describe the work that you're doing right now so my research looks at the impacts of climate change on smallholder macadamia crop production in malawi and the reason is that Malawi is a main exporter and producer of tobacco, but with the negative market trends, the farmers require a suitable alternative, and that's how macadamia comes in. How are you currently finding being a PhD student? Could you, could you tell us what that's like, your final year? Well, it's... You can be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge commitment. Sleepless is one of the things. Drinking loads of coffee <laughs> is another issue. The interactions I have with my friends is a better part of it. So I would say it has its ups and downs. There are times where I feel, why did I even start doing a PhD? <laughs> but then I realize there's so much that I need to give back to the communities, like especially being that uh, the family proceeds for my parents' farming venture are the ones which paid for my undergraduate studies because I never got a scholarship through the Malawi University. Yeah. So I feel like giving back to the community through the PhD. That's really inspirational. Thank you. How many cups of coffee have you had today? Uh, right now, I should say six. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take it right back. All right. Early life, school. Emmanuel, what were you what were you like at school? Um, I was an average student to be fair. In my primary school, I was probably one of the naughtiest because I was I was I was always the youngest and the shortest. So people used to pick on me. I used to yeah, just just to pray around, being young, you know. And I I, I managed to go to secondary school. So in my junior year, Fun fact is that in my junior year, I failed my chemistry. Do you know what's hilarious? I failed chemistry as well. So we're, we're oh. doing a science podcast and both the host <laughs> and the guest failed chemistry. <laughs> Never give up, kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. There'll always be a way. Yeah. That happened in my high school. And surprisingly, I managed to pass my chemistry. Oh, I didn't. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then... When I went to college, I failed chemistry again. So, <laughs> but that didn't 
didn't mean that uh, I stopped looking at chemistry. So in my first year at university, I had a D, which was the lowest mark in chemistry. But my then science instructor told me that there are many ways one can be a scientist. Not everybody is cut out to do chemistry. There are also other parts of science, biology, plant sciences, ecology, environmental sciences. All these are different kinds of sciences. So chemistry is not the only part of science one can do. So that actually motivated me to continue uh, my journey as, a, as an ecologist and environmental scientist. I can't tell you how much I wish somebody had told me that at school. Oh, yeah. Because I, I remember, I, I was I was terrible at chemistry. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pretend that I was a brilliant chemistry student, but I really did have an interest in science, you know. And if I'd had somebody sit me down and say, "Don't worry, there is yeah. so much else out there," what a difference that could have made. Do you remember their name? Yes, I do remember their name, and this is um, Doctor Nyamanda. We used, we used to call her the mother of Bunda because she was our staff tutor. But yeah, I always treat her as a mother because those wise words are the ones which have made me to what I am now. You're a PhD student in environmental yeah, science. Yeah, I am. <laughs> it's incredible. About to finish. <laughs> Imagine she hadn't told you that though. Uh, I think it would have been a disaster because I thought of leaving the agriculture school going to social sciences really yeah i did think of leaving the agriculture school to change a course to do social sciences wow yeah so you obviously you obviously had an interest in it by the time you got to you know by, by junior school sort of high school level can you remember when you first became aware of science as a concept like even as a kid when did you first realize that science was a was a thing i think i realized it when i was in i would say standard eight when i was around 12 years old 12 okay. yeah but it was a thing where primary school everybody by compulsory supposed to take science subjects so you don't have mm -hmm. a say to say i don't want to do sciences i want to focus on arts so you take everything as a whole but the early years, I was just like, I'm just doing this to fulfill that I'm taking sciences. But when I was in Stanley 8, that's when I realized how fun science was, looking at um, the various kinds of experiments we were doing, uh, the biology part, drawing animals, insects, and the connections between plants, animals, and humans. So that's actually give me a light to say this is probably something I'd love to do in the future. So it was a sort of early interest in biology and the connection between living things, I guess. Yes. What do you think you'd be if you weren't pursuing science? If you weren't a PhD student right now, what do you think you'd be doing? I think I would probably doing something which I didn't like, to be fair. Really? Yeah, so possibly I would have gone for economics because that was the the course I wanted to exchange with for my agriculture sciences. I mean, I still do a little bit of economics, but the maths around it, <laughs> <laughs> it 
is something else. Did you did you study maths when you were younger? Yes, I did. And yes, how, how did. was maths for you? Because it was a bit of a traumatic experience for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, maths uh, maths was really hard for me as well. So I had to work maybe 150% more than my friends because I was really bad at maths. So I had to work extra hard to make sure that I passed my maths subjects. Fair play. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Not everybody has that attitude, you know? I certainly didn't. Oh. And I regret not taking maths a little bit further. But to be honest, like the moment maths had letters in it, I checked out. I quite enjoyed like mental mental maths and you know subtracting and adding and dividing. But the moment it was a equals y, I was done. Yeah. I wasn't having any of that. So we've spoken about school, studying biology, really enjoying that. When did science actually become, you know, a realistic career progression for you? Did you go to university or, or what? What was your plan after school? So. At my secondary school, I had always loved to do agriculture sciences. And when I went to an agriculture university, there was chemistry in it. I didn't do better in it in my first year. When I was in second year, I had the chance to take a course which was on entomology, which is the study of insects. And one of the course instructors, Dr. Lise Banderson, we had an ecology topic and she introduced the issue of forensic entomology which is using insects to determine for example how the environment works how fertile the soil is or even determining the time of death for a person if you are into police or detective work so I was really interested to know like the broad view. Were of... you interested in police and detective work, Emmanuel? Uh, yes. So I was really <laughs> oh, nice. interested in forensic entomology for that aspect. So that's how I developed my love for science and especially entomology and also plant diseases. So for my master's, I did a, um, a course on crop protection, looking at entomology and plant diseases. And I think when we were chatting earlier on, I think you mentioned, you know, you feel as if you wanted to give something, something back, you know, was, was getting into university quite a hard process for you at the time? Yes. Getting into a public university in Malawi is very hard. Each and every district was given the amount of number of students they needed to send. So it was mainly the bright student who went to university. And unfortunately, I wasn't part of those, the elite group. So because I didn't manage to get public funding for my university, my parents had to pay the university fees. So that's how I got into university. How did the move to the UK? come around when did when did that happen so initially i had a scholarship to go to south africa university of limpopo to do a phd in integrated agriculture systems but the scholarship had some reservations because i had already benefited from one of their scholarships 
And when I was applying, they didn't tell me that I didn't qualify. So when I was ready to go for my studies in South Africa, after resigning from my work where I used to work, they told me that I wasn't eligible anymore. So you can imagine the frustration that I've resigned from work and now I'm not going to do my PhD. So that was the moment where I started looking for other scholarships. I got a scholarship to do a PhD in the US, but one of the recommendations was that I needed to take two years of classes, which was a thing I wasn't really keen on doing because I had just finished my master's and I didn't want to go back to do other classes. Yeah. And then one of my then friends and calendar supervisors informed me that the Open University was looking for a student to conduct research on macadamia systems in Malawi. And he encouraged me to apply for the, for the scholarship. And it was a really competitive scholarship because it's under the Global Challenges Research Fund. But I was able to secure the funding and now I'm completing my studies. So Manuel, speaking about your job, what's one thing that you couldn't do your work without? My phone. <laughs> <laughs> How come? So I have, um, I have a WhatsApp group with the smallholder farmers I work with in Malawi. So the idea is that sometimes I do ask them questions because as scientists, we think that we are more intelligent than the local communities we are working with. But I've started to believe that the local communities are more intelligent than scientists. So I use that platform to talk with the farmers. Like if I see that maybe there's an anomaly in my data, I can just take my phone and ask the owner of a particular site to say, I'm seeing this in your macadamia field. Is there something you'd like to tell me about? And then you hear stories like, oh, yes, I apply this type of organic fertilizer in organic fertilizer. So maybe that's why you're seeing that. So my phone is definitely my life. What has surprised you most about the research and the work that you've done so far in your career? The most surprising thing, which is also interesting, is that macadamia is considered a retirement crop. So because it, it involves trees, it's mainly older farmers who are interested in growing macadamia. But in my research, I interviewed around 144 farmers and 5% of that was the youth ranging from 18 to 30 years old, which is really interesting. And it simply shows that the youth are becoming involved in agriculture and especially macadamia, which is very important because as I said, tobacco will no longer be a suitable alternative crop for Malawi. So macadamia can actually substitute tobacco. So having the youth involved in macadamia production is very key, not only because 
it's going to bring income to them but we are also talking that these are trees so the impact trees have on uh, carbon sequestration that's reducing the amount of green gases in the atmosphere climate adaptation and mitigation is it's just so much so that's why it's very interesting to have the youth interested in macadamia tree production speaking of the youth emmanuel what advice would you give to a younger version of yourself maybe the younger version of you that's just failed chemistry for the first time i would say um you're not perfect there are times you feel down and don't succeed in what you want but that's just a way to tell you that you learn from the lesson and once you learn you'll be able to get up and do something else what's been the hardest point of your career so far if you don't mind sharing that with us uh i would say one of them is covid so with the two-year lockdown i couldn't travel back to see my parents in malawi and my friends so this was really something which has had a huge impact on my life but lucky enough my wife was here with me the whole time so that made things easy but the travel restrictions really impacted on me a lot yeah yeah listening to you talking about that and the work that you've done and the move over to the uk that you've made i keep going back to that teacher you had dr nyamanda yeah because what if that conversation doesn't happen uh, then it would be a disaster i wouldn't even be doing my phd right now because that was the the turning point where i was like i'm not just cut out for science and especially chemistry and because environmental sciences has some little bits of chemistry in it i was like this is this is just the end i'm i'm just going to go and do a social science because i'm not cut off i'm not cut to do this and as i already said i'm not good at maths as well <laughs> i will say i don't doubt for a second that you wouldn't have been able to do a phd somewhere else or and i'm sure you'd have excelled at social sciences as well i have to say that but you know listening to you talking about all the work that you've done you know, the people who directly benefit from your work in malawi just shows you how important it is to have that figure in your life that says you know science could be for you yeah. as well and you know i think that's one of the things which i've seen that my fellow friends didn't have that talk changed everything changed my life because I'm so in love with environmental sciences. What would the ultimate achievement be in your line of work? Uh for me it's food security among the rural smallholder farmers. It's really hateful when every year around December to February I see smallholder farmers don't have food and they need food aid assistance. So for me diversifying their diets saying it's not only maize that you can depend on as food but you can diversify to macadamia that's the ultimate goal that the rural communities have enough food throughout the year and they don't need 
assistance for that. I am going to just ask you some random questions. All right, go for okay. it. <laughs> so these might not all be to do with science. Yeah. Uh, but these are these are all to do with you. All okay. Right. So you ready for this? Yeah, ready. I think I know the answer to the first one, but I'm going to okay. ask it anyway. Biology, chemistry, or physics? Biology. <laughs> I didn't think that was going to be chemistry. <laughs> and uh, weirdly enough, Emmanuel, I think I know the answer to the second one as well, which is tea or coffee. Coffee. <laughs> Would you rather start work late or leave work early? Leave work early. Yeah? Yeah. Phone call or text? Text. Music or podcasts? Podcasts, 100%. That is the correct answer, Emmanuel. Thank you very much. Particularly this podcast. Yeah. Would you rather work on your own or work in a team? Work in a team. City or countryside? Countryside. But in the middle. <laughs> Let's say in the middle. <laughs> Small town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your favorite color? Uh, this is a tricky one. <laughs> uh, blue. Blue. Yeah. What's cooler? Aliens or dinosaurs? Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the most confident answer we've had. The uh, thing is... Uh, <laughs> I didn't get to know more about dinosaurs, so I cannot differentiate them. I watch, I've watched Jurassic Park, but <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> Thank you so much for chatting, Emmanuel. It's been so, so interesting actually just getting to know you a little bit better. Sometimes all you need actually is just that little bit of encouragement and someone telling you that you, you can do something rather than you can't do something. So hopefully this podcast can can be that word of encouragement to to at least one person that means we've done our job right yeah so thank you so much for coming on all right cheers thank you thank you for listening to ignite and thank you so much to our guest emmanuel zuza if you enjoyed this podcast please share it with anyone who you think might enjoy it and feel free to subscribe save or leave a review bye for now <laughs>